getting clarity about how your business serves your wealth business, your active business. Are you growing? Is it simply income? Are you growing equity in the business? Is your business something you can actually sell? If you're not sure, there's actually ways. This is what I work with clients on is putting systems in place and growing the business in such a way and looking at the financials to actually make it worth something or maximize the value of sale. So you're either able to exit and sell your business for something significant and transition more of that portfolio to that portfolio of passive investments, taking money out, or you turn it into something more passive where you just have a board level role in your active business and you're no longer in the day-to-day operation. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real-life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We are super excited today because we have another amazing guest, Mr. Keith Blackboard. What's going on, Keith? Hello. Thanks for having me, Abel. Yeah, man. I'm extremely excited. I'm humbled. I'm appreciative. I'm happy that you're uh, coming to join us on another amazing show here because you've got a ton of value, a ton of insight and knowledge to help a lot of our listeners, guests, and you know those that are trying to get to that spot of financial freedom, or as you would put it, work optional in three to five years, man. So I'm excited to have you. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, Keith, for those that don't know you, I'd love you to, you know, to give us an introduction, but I'll drop a couple of nuggets and a couple of gems because, you know, when I first met you, we we got to meet at a real estate seminar and conference and I forget what city we're in, Miami, maybe, but it was Miami. And and I'm like listening to some of the the insights you're giving. I go, oh, who, what what do you do? And, and you said, well, I got a I got a few letters behind my name, but some of them CPA. And and when you started mentioning that you're the owner of Financial Journey LLC, I was like, okay, what what is that? What what are you doing exactly? And just to hear that you coach, help others, uh, you have that mastermind to really help you know people on their financial freedom journey, or as you put it, work optional in three to five years. That helping business owners and other like-minded in, you know investors really establish their strategy and their tactics and and the plan to to create that for themselves man i was like dude we definitely need to have a conversation so i'm excited you've been a cpa for a number of years so you're not just giving advice you know just off the cuff you're well trained educated knowledgeable in the spot and then now you also have done some syndications on your own and you also do help others so you, you've got a great background and let, let me turn it over to you for your introduction. In your own words, tell us who you are and what you do and we'll start the conversation here, brother. Sure, sure. So I am originally from California, but now I live in Texas. Like a lot of Texans, we're from New York or California. Uh, I started career, my career at Deloitte & Touche, big, big four accounting firm, learned from the best. 
In time, I moved to Dallas, started buying rental houses in 2010 at age 25, was flipping, wholesaling. My wife ended up running that part of the business. And then in time, we transitioned from residential rental houses into active and passive investments in hotels and apartments. And then I also had a CPA firm focused on the high net worth real estate investors. And so I worked a lot with the uh, nas- nationally known syndicators in the, in the Dallas area and a lot of the, the best of the best. And so I learned who the best guys were. Along the way, I was director of acquisitions for a hedge fund by 875 houses for them. And so all of this, as much financial success as that might sound like, I, I was a millionaire by age 30, like I had a lot of it. My personal life, though, kind of sucked. So uh, yeah. I had a CPA firm, 400 clients, had built up a team of people. And these aren't simple tax returns. These are 50, yeah. 200 plus partners in a tax return on a 30 to $100 million property per tax return. And so th- these are big numbers. And so these are complex, complex stuff. If I ever want to get on a vacation, I could never get away from, I loved my clients but if a VIP client called me and needed help closing an eight or nine figure deal, or there was something they needed from me as part of that, I felt like I had to answer that and be there for my clients. And so in time, 2016 rolled around. I thought Hillary was going to get elected. I thought the market was going to crash. I was wrong, but I ended up selling out of uh, a lot of active investments, transitioned my money to some clients. I knew who the best were. And so I knew the guys who were consistently doubling their clients, their investors' money every two to three years, put money with them. That went really well. And then just left and traveled the world. So I went to every continent except Antarctica over the next two to three years. My wife and I just traveled. Along the way, we got the best souvenir you could ever possibly have. That was uh, my my now two and a half year old. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So excited about that. That changed our lives. Kids will slow you down. As part of that trip, we were looking to see where we might want to live. Ultimately, we ended up in Dallas because there's business opportunities. Uh, family lives here. Having somebody who can watch your kid is is apparently really important and allows you to actually get away. So that was a that was a life changing decision. And at the end of all that, travel at some point starts to become lonely. There's not much of a community. It sounds exciting, especially if you've never done it. But there comes a point where I I was wanting to find fulfillment other places. And as a part of that manifestation, that passion to help others, I started Financial Journey as a hobby business, really to help others reach financial freedom. And so I'm not the guy to go out and help somebody create the cards that has never owned a business, never done real estate. I'm not the guy to get you started on that. I'm the guy who, already, when you already have some wealth, you already have a business, and you're looking at the most efficient way to play your cards from a wealth tax, legal perspective, how do you build that portfolio of alternative investments? I'm the guy that shows you how to to take your existing stuff and maximize it, do even more with it, and then have fun along the way. So having a community of people that likes talking about this stuff, oddly enough, I actually like talking about taxes and there's a ton of crazy stuff you can do from a tax perspective that most people don't know. I consider myself more of a tax strategist. There's a ton of great wealth opportunities that are out there that people just don't know how to do. So I love identifying the best stuff and then working collaboratively with other people where other community members who are trying to do this stuff and work together to get maximize the results. It gets lonely at the top. So having a community to run with makes it more fun for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. What what a background and what a story. What a 
a good start to I, I think this conversation. So I wrote down a few a few notes. One of the the ones that I think I want to start with is so real estate investing podcast, right? So you started investing in real estate when you were younger. So I heard that. And then I heard you went on to lead a business as the owner, business owner, but very much felt your stories felt similar to like a hardworking employee that was your tied to the business, maybe business owner, maybe didn't quite own the system. But so tell us how you got into real estate. And then how did you, you know, start your firm? And what was the decision point and you know just a little bit of background there sure i heard robert kiyosaki speak at an event and that was yeah. there's a local education group uh lifestyles unlimited in texas they're they're big in that in that area my yeah. wife in time ended up working running their financial freedom program there and so that certainly helped us meet people in time i've always been probably the most annoying staff person to a boss you could ever have in that I would, I would go try and look up answers, but I was consistently asking questions, always asking questions. And so there came a point a few years in where my, my bosses who had been doing this 30, 40 years, who were partners at these at a large CPA firm, Deloitte, could no longer answer my question. And they kept telling me to go, to, to go find out, figure out my own answers because they didn't know anymore. We were in complex enough stuff that I was like, okay, I'm now at the point where I understand the stuff and yeah. then I'm doing real estate. So yeah. building a practice around doing real estate when you're already living and breathing it, people didn't just come to me for the the tax strategy. They also came to me because it's like, hey, I see so many tax returns in this specific business. Your insurance is too high. Go talk to so-and-so. They're going to cut it down. Go protest your property taxes. You can do this better. And I started connecting people. And so I added a ton of value in different ways. And so my best advice out there is look at all the different ways you can add value and in time, if you can learn how to communicate that value and charge for that value, you can get paid really well for what you're doing once people recognize the value you're able to bring. Got it. Yeah. What a, what a great insight. Just that no matter what business, no matter what industry, no matter what you're doing, that lubricant for the human interpersonal relationship is helping someone else value, providing a value, not because you're expecting something, it's just you're doing that. And now people value it, the literal value. It's like, man, it's you, your, your advice just helped me, you know, avoid a million dollar tax situation, or it helped me increase, you know, my NOI by 10 K a month, which, you know, at a five cap or whatever becomes a 500 K valuation or whatever the issue you're trying to provide somebody else value. And now, you know, that definitely helps you in your personal and your work and your entrepreneurship journey and investing and different networking. So, yeah, what a what a great start! And Kiyosaki, obviously, that's that's a good one. We we all kind of many of us on this show have heard, have either seen him, heard him, read his books, one of the two, and then all of a sudden we're all real estate, right? Yeah, he, he's a great guy. Uh, I saw him actually at a conference in May, hung out with a guy for a little bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's getting he's getting a little older. His his mental faculties aren't aren't quite where they used to be. But for me in my business, I feel like I'm a terrible salesman. But if I can lead with adding value yeah. then and people understand the value, then getting the best source of me ever growing has always been referrals. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great, great insight. And there's there's another word, referrals. Ask for them, provide them, help someone else. And you know, you you will lubricate that process. So you became a business owner, uh, 400 clients, multi-million dollar tax returns, many multiple 
you know, hoops and, and, and things to, to learn about yourself and then help others with, but you still couldn't leave quote unquote work. Sometimes I w- you said, Hey man, a vacation time and yeah, you got a big client and you're going to help them and you're tied to the work, right? Yeah. Actually it led to quite a bit of conflict in my marriage. Yeah. That, and there was some other stuff going on, but we, we were at a rough point between, I, I really felt more married to my job and for a little while there, divorce was considered. So yeah. I knew I had to make some changes and I didn't want to be married to my business the whole time. And that's why for me, I will talk about wealth and taxes, but yeah. really the life component of it is so much more important. Money at the end of the day, I could make more money. Maybe I can upgrade my house, upgrade my countertops. I'm very comfortable where I'm at. Now, I don't really need more stuff. What I really want, though, is more relationships to do life with and and being able to help other people, knowing that other people are able to experience life to the fullest. That's so much more fulfilling for me than just making another million dollars. Yeah, brother. I I know you're a proponent of like shifting from building to living, building the business to exiting and enjoying freedom. So maybe you can you can touch on this mindset a little bit for us and and you know you've seen many multiple different businesses entities exits give, give us some insight here bro so first and and foremost with viewing wealth i want to view wealth as the business so all the time you're going to pour into a job a an active business your investments your personal finances those are all divisions within this overall umbrella the parent company is your wealth business. So you serve or you grow the active business that you're putting your time into, but there comes a point where it might make more sense for you to start putting your time and energy into growing your ROI. So if you're able to get an amazing return on investments, let's say 30% return on your investments. If you've only got $1,000 to invest, a 30% return is going to give you 300 bucks. But if you've got a million dollars, and you're able to get a 30% return, then that's $300,000. And maybe in that example, uh, $300,000 is more than what you're earning from your active business. So in time, you're transitioning to your, your focusing on growing the portfolio of investments and maximizing that ROI. And by viewing your overall wealth as, the, as your business, you can start to see it for what it is. And then you're giving your personal finances fit within that but it kind of gives you a more comprehensive picture of that business. And what I really like to show people how to do is how to make their wealth business, how to grow it over all that top level picture and make it more passive and really use your wealth business to fund your vision. What is it that you want? What's really going to bring you happiness and build the wealth around that. Often I'll get to people who are, who are in their sixties and they just, they could have reached financial freedom, reached work optional when they were 40, but they just oh kept building. Gosh. They never had a clear uh, why. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, well, and and you you were able to retire at a pretty young age, 30 in your 30s. 32. If I, 32. Uh, two, two years longer than I needed to be. My life kept reminding me. I reached the point. I wanted $10,000 a month in passive income. I did that before I was 30. And I just kept going. My ego yeah. was part of that. And so yeah. we had to have a come to Jesus moment as, yeah. as part of that. Man. So, you know, h- help somebody here, right? It's let's maybe a couple examples. The first example, I'm a W2 employee. I'm in tech. I'm in sales. I'm a, I got a good title behind my name. I'm making 200, 300K a year. But every year 
I, I don't measure my net worth. I don't look at my personal financial statement and I'm just making money and spending it. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how people get to a million, two million, five million dollars. Like help them a little bit with the mindset and then maybe a couple of, of easy things that we should be taking notes on right now. The first and, and foremost, I want your, you just align your spending with your vision. So some people will really go all in like Dave Ramsey with budgets and stuff like that. There, there's maybe a time and place for that. But really, if your vision is to be work optional in three to five years within 10 years, then you need to start systematically putting money aside for investment, an investment mm-hmm. savings account. And then as part of that, you start finding the great deals like through Able, where there are great investment deals, find those deals, invest with them. And in time, you're, you're pulling money systematically out of your work, whether that's owning a business or as an employee, putting it into these deals. And at, at a point in the future, you're transitioning actually out of your work into your wealth business where that becomes your focus. So do you want to remain passive and only invest passively? Or maybe there's an opportunity where you think, hey, I I know I've, I want to learn about syndication. What are the best opportunities in syndication right now? I will say uh, apartments right now, there's a ton of people. It still, still can be a great investment. There's a ton of people teaching apartments. So if you were to go Maybe there's another asset class even beyond apartments that that you want to do. There's a ton of things you can do in real estate. So start, what's your competitive advantage? What are you good at? What is your network and resources? What financial resources do you have? What opportunities in the market align with your competitive advantage? And then as a syndicator, you can start pursuing them. And then there's, of course, investment and tax strategies that that complement whichever way you're trying to go. Cool. Well, we're definitely going to break in to the tax strategy in a second, but let's hit this one more time, right? So what I heard was part of this anyways, if I'm trying to get out of this rat race, even if I'm a business owner, because there's a lot of business owners that are even, they work even harder than the W2 employees, even more hours, even more nights and weekends because they're the owner. So if I'm trying to get out of this rat race, I need to be able to pull my money out of the business or my W2 and I need to systematically invest it into something that's going to provide a return when I'm not working. I made my money work hard. Uh, I'm sorry. I've made my money working hard. Now I've got to make my money work hard for me. Yes. And part of that, get, getting clarity about how your business serves your wealth business, your active yeah. business. Are you growing? Is it simply income? Are yeah. you growing equity in the business? Is your business something you can actually sell? If you're not sure, there's actually ways, this is what I work with clients on, is putting systems in place and growing the business in such a way and looking at the financials to actually make it worth something or maximize the value of sale. So you're either able to exit and sell your business for something significant and transition more of that portfolio to that portfolio of passive investments, taking money out, or you turn it into something more passive where you just have a board level role in your active business and you're no longer in the day-to-day operation. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. This is, that's good stuff. It, I think it's freeing for somebody right now that may not have been thinking about this and maybe, or maybe they've heard it a many multitude of times, but something's just going to finally click, which is if you're the business owner and you don't have systems in place, then you're working harder than you need to. 
And if you just spend a little bit more invested, a little extra time to create those systems and put the processes in place, not only will your job become easier, your day, your day job or day business ownership, but also the value in your business goes up because you can now exit and somebody else will value that higher because they don't have to put time, effort, and energy. They're just going to own a stream of income as opposed to another job, right? Yes. If your business is really a job, you're going to have a tough time selling a job. If your yeah. business is a true business that operates without you, then you have something of some significant value. And the more you can grow, the multiple that you can sell it on goes up exponentially. Man. So a million dollar net revenue business per year versus a $10 million net income uh, business per year are going to sell on very different multiples. The, the $10 million business is going to be exponentially worth more than the $1 million net income business. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good stuff. It sounds like you're, you help coach a lot of investors, business owners, high net worth, you know, just individuals, not only just on, on this tax strategy, but you know, Hey, this is, this is the, this is the machine that it creates the seed. So let me help your machine get even better. It'll create more seeds and we can go plant those seeds in a more, more spots. Is it, is that what your mastermind and your coaching is a little bit about? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. Yeah. I I really enjoy working with people on them and seeing the light bulb moment and how their life can change and what's possible. So many people feel limited that they have to do things a certain way that they have to be in their business for these amount of years. And frankly, often we can take their existing hand of cards and say, well, why don't you just do this or that? And watching the light bulb moment where they realize they don't have to work 60 hours a week, or maybe they're even working 30 hours a week, but they realize they don't have to possibly do anything anymore with a little bit of time and energy. Their life could be so much better just with a little work. And that's why I love talking to people and seeing those light bulb moments go off. So fulfilling. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? Then I know you're going to appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're going to show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. The the wealth business, I've heard you say many multiple times. I, I, I'm really taking a few things from you. I'm going to start saying work optional in three to five years by Keith Blackburg. And I, I probably will also say your wealth business more than a few times. That's uh, It's really good. That's your wealth business, right? It's uh, I had a I had a former CRO, chief revenue officer that I worked with. And he used to say, well, this is good for the company. Let me show you how to do X, Y, and Z for this tech company that I worked with. But he goes, but let me show you something that was probably good for Abel Pacheco Inc. 
and he would give me those side nuggets. And I was like, man, that was so valuable. Thank you very much. Because it was more than just making money at work. He was like, let me, let me show you for Abel Pacheco Inc. And he was really talking about my wealth business. You know, let, let's figure out how to create a better life. That's great. Seems like a great guy. Yeah, it was Mr. J. Newman. He was a good guy. Okay, so let's continue this path. We've your coaching or mastermind, obviously it's much more than a, a 30 minute conversation we're having, but at least you're you're sparking a little bit of interest for somebody to say, Hey, I should be working on my wealth business. I need to be the CEO of my wealth business. I need to create not only more income, but a better way of life. So you've gotten that part. So people are taking this information, they're applying it, they're creating more wealth, more seeds to plant in, you know, in their investing journey. Now, taxes. You're the CPA, right? Give us, you know, just start with the nuggets that, you know, I I don't want to mess up the question, the line of questions here. Tell us, you know, what most people miss. Tell us what, you know, the aha moments just laid on me and then we'll start going down this this path, right? You know, I could speak probably 30, 40 hours on tax strategy. So I'm going to pick something that is probably unique to your audience that's going to apply to passive investors, but even syndicators could use as a simple example. And this is a way to maximize results. So first and foremost, I love 401ks and solo 401ks are a way to invest in whatever you want. So we're going to go much deeper than that. I'm sure most of you guys have heard of self-directed IRAs, et cetera. What I really love is rollover discounts, meaning I put money in a a traditional 401k and over a few years, I'm getting in $100,000 in a traditional account. And so I've gotten a tax deduction for $100,000. If I were to try and roll that 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 $100,000 cash to a Roth, I'd have a $100,000 tax liability, probably at the highest tax bracket possible. If I don't have state income, I'm already at 37%. If I'm in California, I'm probably over 50%. I've just lost half my money in a rollover from a traditional to a Roth oh, no. and yeah. it, it's gone. So instead, let's say you invest in apartment syndication and the syndicator is is able to use this strategy at a massive amount of value to their investors and it doesn't hardly cost them a thing. So you invest, I as the passive investor invest $100,000 into Abel's apartment syndication. Abel buys it at 80% occupancy, the apartment complex, and he's going to take it down to 60% occupancy six months in. So as a result, we'll say the net operating income is, is going to drop in half. And as a result, since apartments are valued based on the net operating income, the value of my investment of $100,000 is also going to temporarily drop in value to $50,000. So now I do a rollover of the investment, not the cash from the traditional to the Roth account at a $50,000 valuation. So if my taxes was previously 37% on $100,000, I'm paying $37,000 in taxes. Instead, I'm paying half of that value, what is that, 18,500 in in taxes. So I just cut my tax liability in half as a result. And because I invested with ABLE, the value of the apartment's now going to uh, skyrocket at some point in three to five years to $150,000, $200,000. So had I kept that that same investment in a traditional account, eventually I'd be paying taxes on the $1,500,000, $200,000 withdrawal. Now it's, it's now tax-free 
going forward because it's within a Roth and I was able to do so at a discount. And so with these rollover discounts, there's multiple things you can factor into discounting in the rollover, but you can often get a 30 to 70% discount on going from a traditional to a Roth account. <laughs> All right. So I followed, I think the majority of what you're saying, and I want to kind of go back to make it easy for some people who may not hear, hear the lingo every single day like you do, right? So at the highest level, right, we'll backtrack at one, there's the 401k, so the 401k, 401k, whatever. In your, in your retirement plans, you're talking about the difference between pre-tax and post-tax at the highest level, right? One is if, you're, if you put some money in and the government hasn't taken their piece yet as, as a you know, investor in your own retirement, then at the very end, when you pull that money out, the government's going to tax it. And so you want that number as small as possible. If it's gigantic, which is like you kind of from a mindset of like, man, I want that number as big as possible. But the bigger it is, the more you get taxed. So what Keith just laid out is a strategy to take a big number, 100K, shrink it down, now tax it, and then make it grow again where it grows not at a where it grows tax free. Is it is that at the highest level? Did I summarize? That, that's that? it, Abel. You should start teaching tax seminars. That's great. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that. I didn't know this was possible. So we're we're gonna have to dig in. Don't go too technical on us. But you know, that's that's what we do. We put money in, and you know, this is Abel Pacheco when I was twenty six. I was working in tech. I was the sales guy. I got up to two, 300K a year. I was finally making some good money. My CPA said, you need to max out your retirement plans, fully fund them because the company does a little match. I didn't even realize or think about pre-tax or post-tax. I had no idea. I don't even know which one I chose, but I chose the, the one where it's like, I'm going to get taxed at the end. So not the, not the taxes right up front at the end. And so I just chose that. That's what I started investing with my first syndication dollars. I was not a GP. I was a passive investor. So I put my, uh, I moved it 401k to a self-directed IRA, which I think it's smarter to go solo 401k now that I learned, right? But anyways, self-directed. And then I put it in there. Now, as it sold, I pay taxes on a bigger amount. You did the exact opposite. So tactically speaking, or like one step down, you know, how did that happen? How, how, did, how do you do that? You know? One step down as the syndicator or the passive investor? As the, ta as the tax strategist, you're advising your clients to do what exactly? I, I move I'm, my money. I'm suggesting if yes. you own a business, if it's just you, no employees, start a solo 401k. I can, there's a bunch of benefits. I'm going to leave it at that uh, solo yeah. 401ks over that. If yeah. you have employees, then there are certain providers I work with that can still allow you to self-direct. There's just some extra hoops you have to jump through. And a lot of people will tell you if you have 401k with employees, you can't self-direct. That's not true. There's still ways to do it. It's just, you got you to know the right guy who can set this up and make sure that there's the right protections in place for you and the employees. Yeah, or you leave and, an old job, my case, mine and my wife, you leave the old job and now you can direct it wherever you want to, right? Correct. Okay, and, and, and if you don't own a business, but you leave a job, if you can just earn a thousand dollars doing something, selling stuff out of your garage, you can yeah. start a business. So just something that, yeah. that looks, feels, and is legit. You, yep. you just got to earn a small amount of money. Now you can start your 401k. Okay. And then from there, you're, you're taking your money out. You're using something like solo 
Com, the neighbors group, they've got a really simple, cost-efficient platform, very easy to use. They've got, you can even set up an account directly. I like Solera Bank out of Denver, Colorado. And you send your money off to, in my case, if I'm the passive investor, I'm sending to Able, the GP, the syndicator. Able takes the money. Uh, six months in, Able as a syndicator says, hey, I can tell because of my, I, I'm watching the deal that this is probably going to be the lowest NOI, the lowest occupancy. We're probably at the lowest point now. Oh, I'm going to have yeah. a CPA or an independent third party who values the investment, costs $500 to $2,000 for the investment, for the, the valuation. But if I as able am facilitating this, I can copy and paste that same valuation and use it for one investor or a hundred investors. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's where it can be really cost efficient. I'll pause you right here, just from at least my one layer deep, which is the apartment complex that we're buying. It's eighty percent occupied. Was the example that Keith gave, which is a very real. You know, it's not stabilized, which is ninety-two. It's now it's a little under occupied. So it's technically 80. The reason it might go down to 60 is maybe we have some tenants that really shouldn't be there. They're not paying rent. They've been skating on the old property manager. No one's kicked them out. They have delinquencies passed, do whatever. And now, especially the eviction moratorium thing that, you know, I think that just got changed, right? So anyways, you, you plan for, as the operator, you plan for your occupancy to even go lower and then as you start to renovate the uh, apartment units, the interiors, the exteriors, all that stuff, the apartment complex kind of comes back to life. You get in your, you know, quote unquote, you know, the, the, the people that maybe have been causing some issues among the other community members. Now you have tenants that are moving in. They see the increase of value on the, on, uh, the property. So they're paying more rent. So you're saying at the bottom somewhere, like when I would say as the operator, I would communicate in advance to my investors. Number one, this is a great opportunity for this type of play. So I'm telling them before they invest. And then I'm communicating to them when I think we're at the bottom, 60% before our way up. Is that right? That's right. And there are actually multiple ways to get valuation discounts. Even if you don't have that big drop, maybe there's less of a discount, but there's still ways. But we okay. could spend a whole hour right. just on this topic. Okay, good deal. Well, we're going to have a conversation later anyways. But okay, so I, I communicate with everyone. And so back to the investor, they've taken their money in solo 401k, they put it in this, you know, it was already in this post tax, and they're not going to get taxed on it. But now they've traded it lower valuation. How, how does that? How does that part work? So in the moment that they got the lower valuation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they approach whoever the custodian is, or I, I like I said, I like solo401k.com with the neighbors group, let them know here, here's the addition, the signed valuation by somebody else saying that this this investment's really worth $50,000. In that moment, you're going to do the paperwork to roll it from a traditional to a Roth account, and then it's moved to the Roth. It's, it's more of a paperwork thing and you've got the documentation to, to for the lower valuation. Yeah. And I always, I still get confused. The Roth is the one where now you're paying taxes on that amount, but you don't have to pay taxes on any of the gain ever, right? Correct. Okay. So- Under current tax law. Yeah. Under the current tax law. So, so everyone understands like you would have had to pay tax on 100K. Now you don't. You only paid on 50K or the lower number. You pay your taxes, which typically we're, you know, most of us are like trying to defer, defer, defer. 
This one's like, no, 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 take it now because it's the lowest it's going to be. And you take it and now it can grow from 50 to 100. I, I, I could exit an investor out. We've, we've, we've closed the deal two three years later. We sold it. I've given them their money back and they have this bigger dollar amount. Now they can go invest that for the rest of their lives and never pay taxes again. So is, right, is that right, Keith? That, that's right. There's they some people who are in their- taxes f- again. There's some people who are 40 that have $5 million plus Roth accounts. They own, maybe they own 40 rental houses. They own a bunch of syndications, apartment syndications. They're never paying taxes again. And in today's rising tax environment, that's a huge, not only tax tax savings, but just competitive advantage. Imagine if you're not having to pay taxes and all your competitors are. Holy moly. Like these are things that us as syndicators, myself as an operator, I, d- I don't put in our offering memorandum the benefit of cost segregation and depreciation and accelerate. I don't put this in the mathematics because I, I know there's some investors that maybe are not real estate professionals and they can't take advantage of this stuff, right? But this sounds like regardless, I don't have to be a real estate professional. I could be any anyone. And if I if I just follow the strategy, I can do this. I can pull it off. Exactly. That's why I picked this one to share. There's a ton of things you can do as a syndicator, way more Basically, you're given a whole list of leverage to legally manipulate what you want your tax strategy to be. There's guys I've worked with who would be making eight figures and we'd show zero or negative income. And so really the question was, how much do you want to pay in taxes this year? Mm, man, what a what an amazing mindset. So I'm I'm here scrapping for, you know, the difference between 12%, you know, maybe a 12% pref, because I think it still is going to be a little lower, which you know, I'm starting to see more and more. Dave Ramsey says 12% all the time. But in a in a really smoking deal, you know, two or three years ago versus today, those those percentages are coming out 15, 16, maybe eke out 17. But this is like who, you know, it doesn't matter at this point. 15, 16, who cares? 12, because I'm avoiding so much more in taxes for the rest of my life on this on this seed. True. And if you as a syndicator, if you're yeah. in that seat. Maybe you charge an extra five percent of the of the equity than you normally would to help facilitate this, and it's really a truly a win win for for both. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It it doesn't need to be a seventy thirty; it could be a sixty five thirty five, a sixty or whatever. If you're if you're listening and this is you know you're a new syndicator, a new operator, and you're trying to make these deals work, well, sometimes you know, and and maybe the passive investors get this or not, but. Either way, what happens is you look at a deal and like, well, I could cut my pay. And if I cut my pay as a syndicator operator, now I can hit your passive investor return. But ultimately, I'm cutting my pay. I'm doing the same amount of work for cutting it. And now this is an additional option for operators to say, well, we could make this deal work in a different way. Let's you know hit returns differently. And also, this will be a huge tax saving. So man, that that's, uh, that's amazing, Keith. That's amazing, brother. Thanks, Abel. Cool. So that's one. Keith's got more. So be- before we go, I know I have a, maybe a couple more questions or so I want to talk with you about, but uh, we want to make sure we get you know how people can reach out to you. So uh, I think this is a good point, right? A good time. If somebody wants to reach out to you for your services, jump in your mastermind, get some coaching, you know, strategy, tax strategy. What's the best place for them to reach out to you? And who do you want to talk to also? Sure. The best way to get a hold of me is financialjourney.life is my website. I'll, I'll give my email address. Please respect it. Keith at financialjourney.life. 
And I'm happy to connect with re really my, my core audience, my core avatar client are people who are either uh, who are business owners that are looking to sell or maximize the value of it, or they're accredited investors and they're typically got, have a high income from something else that they're re really able to fuel the uh, an investment you know, a, a portfolio of alternative investments. Or there's somebody who's already got some income, has some experience, maybe looking to syndicate. I'm not the guy that's going to go deep on how to run a certain kind of business. I'm more the guy that's like that independent financial consultant that helps give you the lay of the land and decides what's right for you and all the different resources, the community, what's going to help you go faster and the tax strategies, investment strategies that are going to really maximize your results. And as a result, that, that leads to a lot of value for people. Right on. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, brother. You know where to connect with them and I would encourage you to do so. And if you do, uh, if you've heard them here, tell them you heard us on the, or heard him on the Five Talents podcast. I would be blessed to hear that and uh, go ping him, reach out to him. And uh, he's got some good insight for you. So what a great, what a great individual to have in our network. So thank you, Keith. I hope you get a lot of business from us. And uh, that's great, man. So one of the things that you mentioned before, you're a tax strategist, not a CPA or, or you know, enlighten us a little bit, D tax strategist versus a CPA. This was something that I learned in the recent years, like 2018, 2019. And I, you know, didn't know, I, oh, CPA. What's a tax strategist? So maybe describe it a little bit and, and tell us the differences here. So I, I'm still a CPA as a tax strategist, though. I'm looking more at the strategy, the overall picture of what you can do and how do I merge tax strategy with investment strategy, with business strategy? How do I find something together? Often people either aren't thinking about tax strategy or they're letting the tax strategy wag the dog, meaning they're so focused on tax strategy that they're missing out on business opportunities. And I think tax strategist versus tax preparer. I'm not the guy uh, to just simply take your data and give you a tax return back. That's what most people do. They just prepare taxes. I'd rather help you make history than simply record history. And so with me, it's I prefer more of an ongoing conversation about what you're looking to do, what you've got going on, and then how do we actually proactively weave tax strategy with business strategy in with like a buy-sell agreement with things that you're thinking of doing. So it's more of an integrated part of your business, not something that's an afterthought. Yeah, very. it sounds like a very active approach versus a reactive CPA. I would take what happened and, and help me you know, finalize, but you're taking a very proactive approach. What's going to happen in the future? Let's help define it and and set it up the way you want it to go. Sure. And and so me sharing the discounted rollovers, people can go take action on that. And with people, often I'm saying, hey, you want to do this? We are already, I just told you the strategy. If you want help within the implementation, here's three guys that I've worked with that will do this for you and walk yeah. you through the process. And so I'm I'm staying more at that micro level macro level to really help as many people as possible. Yeah. 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 I love it. Okay. Well, this is, this is awesome. While we're, we're here, right. Last kind of thoughts, anything that I didn't touch on today, anything I didn't ask you about that you really wanted to share with our audience. I mean, you know, time is yours. I just want to make sure if there's something you really wanted to hit on and we did get to it, please share. I think my, my main takeaway is think about first, what you want out of life. 
And once you know where you want to go, then look at the competitive advantage. What's What do you have to work with that's going to make you go faster? What's your financial resources to work with? Once you know your, your competitive advantage, what you have to work with, you can pick an investment strategy that's satisfying that you can do in the time that you have to work with, with the skills you have to work with. And then it's a matter of picking the deal flow that's going to fit you and, and where you want to go. Building the plan then that, that, that kind of puts all those things together in a cohesive plan. And then the supporting relationships are going to help you go faster. The community and network you have around you and the fact that you're listening to this podcast right now means you're investing in yourself and you're already on that that pathway, that journey to maybe wherever you want to go. In my case, I help people get to work optional and identify the most efficient path to get there. Yeah. All right, baby. I love it. You got to start with the end in mind. You got to know where you're going and what you want, and then you can build a strategy and a plan and, and a roadmap to get you there. If you don't define the end in mind first, you know what you first want in life, then it, it, the, the saying goes, any road will take you there if you don't know where you're going, right? So, And most people never take the time to even do that. Let's get it on. Well, man, Keith, it's been a pleasure. So appreciative, so thankful that you would join us. I think you're going to provide a lot of value to our listeners. And I know you already provide value to, to your students, your mentor programs, and, your, and your, the people that are in your world. So thank you very much for dropping a little bit on us today. So thank you. Uh, my name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Towns Podcast. Keith, thank you. Thank you, Abel. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who follow their dreams and achieve massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.